Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Welcome to Sparking Wholeness. I'm Erin Carey, and today I have a very special guest. My special guest for the day is Leslie Bumpus. Am I saying your name right? Yes. <laughs> okay, Leslie Bumpus. <laughs> she is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner whose passion is helping women thrive and live their most vibrant life. As an expert in functional wellness, Leslie understands we are all bio-individual and her approach emphasizes that fact. Through her work, she melds the dietary wisdom of traditional cultures with the latest science in integrative medicine to create a custom program designed exclusively for the lifestyle of each of her clients. She believes that building a better, stronger foundation begins from the inside out and she looks at genetics, food preferences, lifestyle, mindset, and more to help her clients achieve their ideal outcomes. Leslie works with women who have not received results from the traditional healthcare system. She educates her clients on the value of a real food, nutrient-dense diet, yay, and empowers them with specific protocols and tools that are all natural drug-free solutions. Leslie identifies healing opportunities for her clients via labs, functional evaluations, and clinical assessments. And let me say before... I officially welcome Leslie. Um, man, y'all, she's got a ton of credentials, affiliations, continuing education that include like environmental toxins, methylation, detoxification, some of my favorite things, hair tissue, <laughs> mineral analysis, um, all sorts of labs, food sensitivities, GI panels, adrenal panels. I mean, I'm talking, she is doing it all. And it's just, let's just say hashtag goals. And thank you, Leslie, for being on the show. <laughs> well, I love learning. And that's part of it, too, is that I'm like, oh, another class I can take? Here I go. <laughs> yeah, no, I am the same way. And I just get so into it. And it's funny, I, I think I'm making up for now what I missed out on in science class in high school. I was going through a pretty bad period of depression, and I just had no brain space for science class. And so yeah. now in my you know late 30s, I'm getting into all of this stuff, and it's fascinating. And so I am just excited to have you on. And real fast, before I, we dive into all of this, because I'm afraid that I'm gonna, we can talk forever. But I do want to mention that I met Leslie through Holistic Moms Network meeting, and she was educating all of the moms on brain health for kids. And I was that girl sitting there in the audience like, yes, yes, everything she said, it was like, amen, preach, all the praise hands, you know, all, you know, all of that. And everything she said just resonated so strongly with me based on one, my own personal experience with kind of healing some of my own issues with nutrition. And trying to heal the gut of my third child and the things that we had to do for him, like everything she was saying are things that, I mean, they're, they're backed by tons of research and tons of studies. And I, I just, I'm excited. So real fast, um, I'd love to hear what were some of the things, what are some of your top tips for kids and brain health um, before we get into our brain health? Because I, I loved what you shared in that meeting. Yeah. So um, the brain is made up of fat. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you know, I should listen. If someone calls you a fathead, take it as a compliment. Yeah. You're 65% <laughs> fat. All the cell membranes are made up of phospholipids. So that's mm -hmm. fat. 
And um, we've got to support those little growing brains with good fats. And unfortunately, it wasn't until I think my son was in second grade at Grace Academy. And Miss Schumacher said, now, Thursdays are when we do our math tests. I want the kids to all have eggs for breakfast mm. because they need protein. And I kind of went, oh, <laughs> I, was the, I was the mom that, you know, had the skim milk and the brand cereal and a mm-hmm. glass of orange juice and their vitamins. I guess we thought of scrambled eggs and things like a weekend food. But right. um, that was like the first click in my head that children need brain supporting foods. And so eggs are rich in choline, which is the Mm -hmm. amino acid that grows your brain. You know, my Mm -hmm. pregnancy and fertility clients, I have to get as much choline into them as I can. Um, Other generational cultures, you know, like I would say in the fifties and sixties, you didn't leave the house without a tablespoon of cod liver oil. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, every, every kid had to do this and, you know, take some cod liver oil. <laughs> Again, it's an omega-3. It's a, it has DHA and EPA, which the DHA feeds the brain. So mm. if we can get cod liver oil, fish, um, eggs, anything that is supportive of those quality fats, coconut, avocado, um, you know, extra virgin olive oil. I was on a tour of the Holy Land with a Turkish woman who said that at their home, mom gave them a tablespoon of olive oil every morning. Oh, wow. So it's kind of another idea of, you uh-huh. know, we've got to oil the machinery, oil the brain. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the top for me. And, and um, one of the, I love Dr. Sears. He's one of America's renowned pediatricians. Mm-hmm. I think he has mm-hmm. five kids that are all pediatricians also, but he mm-hmm. said, you know, name the food after your kid's favorite thing, which was another way. Cause then you're looking uh, at Leslie and Leslie says, but Leslie, I can't get my kids to eat eggs or I can't get them to take, well, you know, call uh-huh. it soccer, soccer eggs, ballet eggs, uh, super Hulk eggs, you know, whatever motivates right. the kid for goodness sake, don't call it healthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That's so true. <laughs> kids catch uh-huh. on right away. I don't want healthy. I want mm-hmm. that. So call mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, by something that's motivating, but we definitely want to be concerned with um, feeding the brain mm-hmm. early on in early school age. Yeah. And, and I, and I remember, I think it was from your talk or something, you know, I'm always <laughs> listening to a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure you mentioned it too. It's like kids, kids are suffering from all sorts of mental illnesses and cognitive diseases that they, we didn't have when I was a kid, like, there are things that, I mean, kids, I think I saw kids at the age of two or younger are being put on these SSRIs and heavy hitting uh-huh. antidepressants. And I'm like, we don't have studies proving that that's even effective, no. um, but, but we've that's lost what's happening. We've lost our patience. We've lost mm-hmm. the skill of raising children. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like I'm right now in puppy training and I, <laughs> I know that every hour he has to go out and mm-hmm. we've got parents that aren't willing to sit down and be patient they, or teachers. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I had a, t- I had a teacher that, you know, pulled me aside when Ryan was in fourth grade and said, I think he's got ADD. Well, she had 36 kids in the classroom. Right. She's, she was, it was more of like, I can't control this to many children. Mm-hmm. So if I medicate them, maybe they'll behave, you know, and that was, that's, we don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like a real easy, you know, 
solution, but it doesn't treat the root. And I, what I love about what you do and what you're passionate about is you really want to get to some underlying concerns. And like for kids, a big underlying, underlying concern is that they're not getting the fat that they need and choline. And yes. most of their moms are probably not getting enough choline during pregnancy. Right? Exactly. Um, exactly. And so I, I love that. And I think you know, I mean, we might as well just dive into adult brain health um, because I love that you've done a lot of research and study on Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, all the neurodegenerative things that um, we struggle with. And that's important to me. I, to, two of my grandparents uh, both suffered from dementia. I, you know, I'm not good. You, you can maybe explain a little bit more about the difference between Alzheimer's dementia, but like my grandma right now, she got a doll for Christmas, a living, breathing doll. That is her doll because she, that's where she is. She's regressed. Right yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I, it's very important for me for not only for my parents, but for myself to fight back on these genes that I have that predispose me to cognitive decline. So let's talk about that for a second. Sure. Tell me all your well, stuff. So how I got into this, I mean, of course, I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I was uh, a lot of emphasis on cancer prevention and recovery. Mm. Um, and then uh, this, I was getting emailed by the Institute of Functional Medicine mm -hmm. to come attend um, this training down in Miami with Dr. Bredesen. And I had just read his book, The End of Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. which, by the way, I cannot... Uh, recommend strongly enough. Dr. Perlmutter, Dr. Amen, Dr. Bredesen, Ooh, Dr. Carnahan. <laughs> oh, they're they're just all so cutting edge with brain health. And I was I was asking my husband, I said, oh gosh, Miami, December, that would be expensive. And I said, I'll just pass on that. And the Lord put two of my female peer clients into my path in like a five day period. Mm -hmm. And they both said, Leslie, you know, mom's got Alzheimer's or dementia and I'm scared I'm going to do it or get it. Or where, what, what do I do? So I don't get it. And I thought, ah, oh, this is my sign. <laughs> As my friend Chelsea Blackbird says, this is a sign. So I went back and I said, Scott, I think God is asking me to go take this training. Mm -hmm. Now kind of backing up a little bit, my late mother um, had osteoporosis cardiovascular disease and Parkinson's. Mm. And when I did my genetic testing with through 23 and me, you know, we're looking at what we're calling genetic SNPs mm -hmm. um, on our genetic profile. You know, there's some things that are not changeable. Like I'm a redhead, you're a brunette, you're tall, I'm short, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But we have, and I heard you say the word, we're predisposed. We have these SNPs that would predispose us to certain disease conditions. Now, what we know through epigenetics, which mm. is the studying of our genes, is that the genes are the gun, but the environment and the food and the toxins pull the trigger, mm. that we don't have to turn on those genes. So I'm doing everything I can to not turn on my Parkinson's or my osteoporosis or my... Um, cardiovascular disease. It's not fate, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, what Dr. Bredesen discovered, and he's a renowned neurologist out on the West Coast, and he really wasn't a practicing physician so much as he was a researcher. And their big pharma has, you know, comes out with all these drugs that mm -hmm. none of them have been able to either 
cure or prevent or the regression of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So dementia is the big umbrella. Under the umbrella of dementia is Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body, ALS, and just um, then there's some sort of other like premature dementia, toxic dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was concerned that it's hard to study brains because you really couldn't diagnose somebody with Alzheimer's until they died. Right. And then you looked at their brain and big pharma has been concentrating on the idea that we've got this amyloid plaque concentration in our brain and that that would be causing Alzheimer's. And Dr. Bredesen coined the phrase, there are 36 holes in the roof. Mm. So if your roof, your ceiling has 36 holes in it and the rain is coming in, and your house is filling with water, it doesn't do you any good to just plug one hole or two holes. Mm -hmm. And what he's discovered is that blood sugar levels, Mm. glucose levels, insulin levels, hormones, um, amalgams in your mouth, Mm -hmm. uh, how many vaccines you've had, how many times you've been under anesthesia, uh, mold exposure, Mm -hmm. Lyme disease, Uh, vaccination, adjuvants, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff they're putting Mm -hmm. in that. So all of those have a role in pushing you into Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm -hmm. And what he's also discovered is that it starts when we're in our thirties. This isn't something that grandma wakes up at 72 and all of a sudden she's got Alzheimer's. It started early. It started early. So she might've had really high <clears throat> blood sugar levels and not really been aware of it because the American sad diet is very processed carb heavy. So we're mm-hmm. all pushing our cholesterol levels and our blood sugar levels, our insulin levels. We've got way too much fat on our bodies um, because we're storing so much toxins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, I, 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 so I got certified by the IFM by Dr. Bredesen on what's called a recode practitioner. So he calls his protocol recode and we do brain scans and brain quizzes and game, you know, they just say, Oh, play Sudoku. Well, that's not going to help you. (laughs) (laughs) Crossword puzzles are not going to help if um, you're still pounding down donuts. You know what? And that, I'm so glad you said that. That's such a good point because that has been what we've heard for years and years. And I remember even hearing that, um, about my, both my grandparents who suffered, it was, oh, well, all they did was watch TV. They didn't move their bodies. They didn't. And okay, that's part of it, but that's not the full picture. I know for a fact, my grandma was addicted to diet Pepsi and there are oh, yeah. Yeah. the artificial sweeteners and mm-hmm. that does to the brain or what that does to the blood sugar, right? Like it tricks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know the exact, but I know that it's not good. Um, and, and I know her diet was filled with processed and she cooked with Crisco and like Mm. (laughs) that generation did. But um, yeah, I I just think that when we simplify it as, oh, well, you just, you know, move more or um, play crossword puzzles, like you said, that's not the full picture. What you're telling me, what you're sharing is that there is a lot more (laughs) to the picture to Mm -hmm. uncover. And there are people that are leading the way in this. And you're one of those people you can test for a lot of these things, right? There are a lot of tests that you can do to, now do you, how much of a factor does, you said blood sugar. So 
let's talk about that. <laughs> um, what, because I've heard Alzheimer's being referred to as type three diabetes. Three. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Explain yes. that. Yes. So, um, when you, when you consume excess carbs and you're producing all this excess glucose, then you have to also then have the corresponding chaperone, which is insulin. Insulin mm. is the escort. Mm -hmm. And there is an enzyme in your brain whose job it is, is to clear the brain uh, through autophagy mm -hmm. and to clear the brain of insulin. The name is like this long. I can't even pronounce it. But <laughs> uh, I heard Amy Berger. Uh, she's also written an Alzheimer's book. She's also an NTP uh, her book is the Alzheimer's antidote hmm. and she kind of relates it to, let's say you have two naughty children and the nanny is always having to take care of both children. But if the one child really behaves and the other one escalates, you've got all this insulin coming up. Then the nanny's always concentrating on the insulin on the hmm. bad child. In the meantime, this other one is getting to consume the brain and that's where the amyloid oh. plaque might come from. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting, um, of course, excessive glucose will cause inflammation, mm. oxidation. Um, it just, it can drive all kinds of pathways that will just really interfere with your hormones. Um, Dr. Bredesen discovered that again with women over the, that postmenopausal, so many of them didn't want to go on hormone replacement therapy. Oh, I'm fine. Or I read that, you know, if you take hormones, you're going to have a heart attack. Well, he discovered that all the women that had Alzheimer's and dementia had little zero hormones left operating in their system. Oh, wow. And you know, 65% of everyone with Alzheimer's is female. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, why are we predisposed? Well, could be that our hormones are brain protective. Oh, that so is I, super interesting. I just, huh. I just did a, uh, a wellness retreat in the fall. It was a one-day retreat, and I had my personal physician, Dr. Connie Cassad, speak on hormones. And she's a functional medicine practitioner, mm. and she's a hormone expert. And she said, uh-uh, estrogen is brain protective. It's breast protective. So we don't oh. want to go out into our postmenopausal years and just say, Oh, I don't need hormones anymore. Oh, I had a hysterectomy. I don't need hormones anymore. Wrong sister. <laughs> that is so, so a, good to know. So when a wow. client comes to me, even if they're in their thirties or their forties, um, I run a full blood panel because mm -hmm. I want to see their inflammatory markers. I want to yeah. see their CBC. I want to see their lipids and I want to see their mm -hmm. glucose because as the ship is going slowly this way, but if it's veering off track just a little bit, it won't be till you hit 70 that all of a sudden you realize, whoa, I'm way off track with my health. So we want to monitor these markers now. We want to know that you've got good gut bacteria. One of the premier symptoms that there's all the research is coming out now says that Parkinson's is a gut thing. Ooh, really? Overgrowth of bad bacteria. Well, my mother was constipated since the age of 15. <laughs> she mm -hmm. would never eat any, never ate anything green. She was a sugarholic. Yeah. So, and, she, and I, it was, it made her life miserable. And now I'm getting the whole gut brain connection through the right. vagus nerve and the bacteria that we have that really communicates to our brain. Um, when you've got an overgrowth of the bad bacteria or fungus or yeast or parasites, mm really messes with your brain. Um, mold. Mm -hmm. Today, mold toxicity is becoming a horrific um, 
implication in poor health. We just had some good friends have their apartment complex condemned for black mold. And they couldn't figure out why they both have had respiratory issues and brain fog and, uh, you know, all kinds of funky symptoms. And it's going to go back to mold. Well, we're building our buildings and our homes very airtight. Hmm. And we have these flash floods, people in Houston, New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, when they got tornadoes and hurricanes. We just had our roof rain. replaced a couple there, of years ago. Yeah. yeah. So like that. Um, one of the other things that I work with clients is I have them get a, a mold kit on mm-hmm. Amazon called Ermi and try to see your Ermi score. Um, because How do you spell that? It's E-R-M-I. It's hmm. kind of an acronym. I'm not, there's, and, and Dr. Richard Shoemaker is also a considered the mold expert, mm-hmm. but um, Bredesen and Perlmutter both um, emphasize getting your house clean and understanding that there's no mold. Um, the most toxic item in your household for brain health are dryer sheets. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> so, you know, and I've, isn't that funny? And, but here's the problem with that. They smell good, right? And everybody yeah. wants to smell good and everybody yeah. wants their clothes to smell good. And this is something I've had to train, train my husband on, makes him sound like a dog, but really like I'm telling him, like, we don't have to have clean smelling clothes because that fragrance <laughs> could mm-hmm. mean toxins in our, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our youngest really struggled with some respiratory issues when he was born. And I went like, I did a whole overhaul of all of our cleaning supplies and yes. laundry detergents and things. Yeah. And yes, the dryer sheets, they're a big problem. So for somebody who is hearing this and going, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know that. Um, what's an alternative? What do you use for an alternative to dryer sheets? I use uh, wool dryer balls yeah, and that's I, I'll... I'll use a little bit of lavender oil, you know, oh, sometimes yeah, and idea. scent them. Mm-hmm. There's also another company out there called My Green Fills. Okay. Like My Green Fills. Um, they sell a very clean laundry detergent that's, they sell you, send you the bottle once and then they just send you recyclable uh, refills. Oh, nice. But they have, okay. they have a sweet program with um, underserved women. And I think if they're in Africa, that they hand make these little cotton angels. They hand stitch them and fill them with lavender bags. Oh, how fun. And so once you get one of these little angels or two of these angels, they'll send you the refill of lavender sachet. So there are ways to get around, but the word fragrance uh, in America is not regulated. Mm. Anybody can slap on the word lavender fragrance or Mm. fragrance or Mm. smells like vanilla the word fragrance could hide as many as a couple hundred ingredients. Right. Just like the and natural flavors in our food. Yes, when we see that same thing. Yes, it's very ambiguous. It's very yeah. interesting. And I, for that reason, I love the environmental working group, the EWG.org. Yes. Mm-hmm. So again, when a client says, well, Leslie, I love my Neutrogena sunscreen yeah. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. um, you know, or, or XYZ skincare product. I said, well, let's go to EWG.org. Let's put that in. And maybe the mm-hmm. product comes out with an overall score of three or four, which is not, you know, mm-hmm. is moderate. It's not offensive. But when you do the drop down and see the actual list of yeah. ingredients, there's a lot of eight, nines, and sevens in there, and yeah. they're usually respiratory, carcinogenic, mm-hmm. neurotoxicity. Or reproductive, that's on Reprodu- the And there's oh, so many sure. people that are struggling with fertility and 
all those. And it's like, gosh, how much of it is, is our bodies are not, our hormones can't do what they need to do because of this overload of toxins. Um, yeah. So are you, you mentioned in our pre little chat about MTHFR. Do you know that you are MTHFR yes, positive? Yes, I, I am um, a heterozygous for the C677T, I guess is what it is. Um, yes. And so is my mom. So is my sister. Um, I do not have COMT, um, which I know that one, if, if people aren't familiar with that one, that's, that has to do with like the neurotransmitters, how they're processed. And that for women can really impact um, like PMS and, and things like that. Right. Um, so what's estrogen. interesting, exactly. Okay. And what's interesting about, um, the MTHFR sniff snip mm-hmm. is that we know from research and science that about 60% of the female population carries that. Mm-hmm. And it does predispose you to anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. uh, mental illness mm-hmm. and miscarriage. Yes. And that is so, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Because in the MTHFR, the methylation cycle, your body is not able to process and methylate and utilize the B vitamins. Mm -hmm. Well, what have we done in America? We've enriched Mm -hmm. our breads and our cereals with folic acid. Mm -hmm. And the reason we did that is that, um, you know, growing up, they were everybody. I'm ethnic. You know, I grew up in Chicago. I'm Scottish uh, heritage, but we shopped at the bakery and we'd get that thick, dark mm-hmm. um, rye bread or black bread. And you know, <laughs> then it came along rainbow bread, and it was white and it was fluffy. And well, they took everything out of it that made from the yeah. from the real grain that made had all the iron and the folate and the B vitamins. So there was the rise in neural tube defects and spina mm-hmm. bifida. And the government stepped in and said to the food manufacturers, you, you've, you've stripped away the way you process the bread. So now you have to go back and enrich, and I'm putting air quotes around that word, um, our, our, your foods with folate. Yep. Well, the food company said, okay, we'll do that, but then realized very quickly how expensive that would be. <laughs> and so they got their chemists to come up with the synthetic version, mm-hmm. folic acid. Uh, doctors that graduate or that are my age and that are suggesting prenatals will always say, Ugh. Oh, you got to have a prenatal with folic acid in it because yeah. th- we are in that mindset of we grew up with synthetics. But I think every child, every female that's interested in, in having children should know whether or not she has MTHFR Absolutely. predisposition. It's so important because, um, you know, pregnancy can bring on depression <laughs> anyway, you know, postpartum mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. you don't want that to escalate. So, um, we kind of, yeah. we kind of went off the brain there, but down that MTHR. No, it's, pathway. it's still, it's still all, it's all connected to that. Cause the other thing is if you have MTHFR, um, you might not be, you can't absorb those vitamins as well. And, you right. know, and again, the full gas, like, it's so funny that real fast side note about gluten. You know, I don't have, I did the food sensitivity stuff. I don't have a quote sensitivity to gluten. I don't have bloating. I don't have digestive issues, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want folic acid because my body can't convert it. And who knows what happens? You know, I've heard various things about what happens to the folic acid when it's not converted properly. Does it lead to cancer? Does it lead, you know, there are all these ideas. But um, going off of that, we also don't detox well. A lot of us, when we have that mutation yes, and yes. two other mutations that I recently have been digging into, um, GST, it's a glutathione one. 
my body doesn't produce glutathione well. What does Tylenol mm-hmm. do? It wipes out the glutathione. So I do not do Tylenol anymore. Um, and the other one is SOD, S-O-D. It stands for something dioxide. I cannot remember what, it, or dismutase, something superoxide dismutase, I think. Right, right. Um, I have a double dose of that one. And that's an antioxidant that we're supposed to produce internally. And if we don't, that leads to the toxic overload, which leads to oxidative stress, which leads to all of these things that we're talking right, about. Right. And so it is important for us to know these things, not to be like, oh no, you're going to get Alzheimer's or oh no, you're going to suffer from mental illness. My sister has um, pretty much the same stuff I have. She's never suffered from mental illness. She has always been a very, um, she trusts, she's, it's one of, she's one of those people, she trusts her body when it comes to food. When she feels like she needs to eat vegetables, she eats vegetables. When yeah. she feels like, you know, a piece of pizza will do her in and send her into a brain foggy crash, she's not going to have it. She's really good at knowing what works for her body and what doesn't. And I was never that way. Part of it could have been the antibiotics that I was on as a kid that disrupted my gut bacteria. It could have been the steroids yeah. that disrupt. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of other reasons. Maybe it was the SSRIs I was put on from a very young age. Who knows? But- and I we don't, don't have eat, that ability. We don't so. eat mindfully anymore. Right. You know, the reason right. that you can, that a, uh, an eighth grade boy can literally swallow a Big Mac is because we don't chew and they've made food Whoa, so that's soft. that's another thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and, but I wanted to go back to what you were talking yeah. about. Um, so you started to talk about your sister and okay, here we go. Brain fog moment. Yeah. Um, uh, I have <laughs> all these things. She has the same, but she doesn't struggle. Oh, yes. Yes. So Turns out we do know that there is a genetic SNP, the APOE4, mm-hmm. that if you have, you can have a 2-4, a 3-4, or a 4-4, which means you've received two sets from. And most people with Alzheimer's have, I don't want to back up, only 50% of people with Alzheimer's have the APOE4 SNP. Oh. So, and 50% of people with Alzheimer's got it maybe for other reasons and the other reasons being those other holes in the ceiling. So mm. I have people that'll say, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if I've got the APOE for Well, why wouldn't you want to know so that you can act proactively and preventively today? Yeah. Like I understand yeah. this whole, you know, BRCA gene and I'm going to cut my breasts off because I've got right. BRCA gene, you know, I don't want breast cancer, but, and, and yet there's still women that'll say, I don't want to know if I've got the, I don't want to know. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I want to know exactly what the, what the cards I've been dealt because Mm -hmm. I can do things about it. Yeah. There's so many things that we can do. So what are some things that you would suggest that are practical steps to, you know, say somebody comes back with labs showing their glucose levels are not great or their triglycerides are high because I know that that impacts, um, blood sugar and, and all of that too. Right. 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 So, but what are some things that you recommend that easy steps to start working on biohacking those genes? Yeah. So it's interesting because I work in packages of eight. I, you know, uh, when someone says I want to work with you, it's usually eight sessions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get the young mom that's already making her own kombucha and I'm like, glory, are you <laughs> on top of things? And yet I get clients like you're saying, that drink diet Pepsi and never drink water. Mm. So one of the basics, you know, baby step for 2020 is hydrate, hydrate, mm-hmm. hydrate. My mom, and I don't know if it's her generation and, or she was a tea and coffee drinker. 
she said that she didn't like the taste of water. And my good friend and precious chiropractor, Dr. Peter Gillette of Carrollton Kinesiology, was examining my mom and said, Maybelle, if you don't drink water, the elevator won't go to the top floor. Oh, Meaning, that's a good statement. <laughs> as you age, we have a tendency to have lower blood pressure and to fall, and you're, and you're prone to falls. But if you don't hydrate, you don't have enough in your bloodstream and your body to get the, the elevator to the top floor. So hydration is key. Um, and then I would go to um, let's eliminate all the fake foods. Mm-hmm. We can't have canola oil or Wesson or Crisco right. or, you know, all the fake oils. And explain, will you explain for people who are thinking, wait, what? I thought canola oil was healthy. What, what are the issues with those, with those oils? Well, they're not vegetable oils. They're seed oils. And they are, they are produced through really massive chemical extraction, mm-hmm. heating. They have to be um, bleached usually mm-hmm. because they're usually a very dark, color and Americans are kind of put off by color. They're stored in plastic um, and they are very high in omega-6, which Mm is omega-3 to omega-6 is the anti-inflame to inflame. We need to inflame. If you've got a a viral bug, your body needs to produce a fever to burn off the virus or you hit your knee, you're going to inflame. Then you need your omega-3s to Mm anti-inflame. Well, once American food production introduced vegetable oils, grain oils, what I call the Franken foods, canola mm-hmm. oil, corn mm-hmm. oil. Um, now it's in everything. Oh yeah. And it's, yeah. and instead of, instead of eating a ratio of three to six, maybe like one to one or one to two, we're eating in a ratio of omega six. I'm sorry, omega threes of one to omega six of like 50 or 60. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's causing all this interior inflammation. Now, in you, it could be inflammation because it becomes a skin problem. Mm-hmm. Um, on others, mm-hmm. the inflammation can be a joint problem. Mm-hmm. Um, with some, it could be a cardiovascular inflammation issue. We don't all respond to it the same way, but it's all just nasty, nasty poison. <laughs> that's yeah. all I can say, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad, yeah, a little bit of explanation is, is always good for those things because sometimes it takes and, a few times to get it, right? And, um, and Crisco... Do you know what Crisco is? Yeah, oh, I, I listened to something about it where it was talking about it started out as um, it was used in the war, right? In some war to grease machinery or... No, that's, can- that's canola. That's canola. Okay, so Crisco. Which is, which is oil from Canada, canola. Okay. Um, Crisco is cottonseed oil. Okay. And Procter & Gamble bought a patent from a German chemist on learning how to hydrogenate soap. And they moved it on to hydrogenating cottonseed oil, which was a byproduct, which is a waste. Oh, let's feed it to Americans. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. And they, they um, staged a massive campaign, ad campaign, aimed at young homemakers saying, you know, if your house has lard or tallow, um, you're probably pretty smelly and your children are probably dirty and you're not educated. I mean, they, there was a massive campaign. If you use Crisco, you are young mm-hmm. and smart. Mm-hmm. Your children are bright, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and they put Crisco in every recipe and every cookbook. And so yeah. it was a massive campaign. And, and people are still using it to bake with and, and thinking it's the better option or it makes the texture better or whatever. So, so are you saying Leslie that people should use lard and tallow and butter to cook with? Yeah. 
Yes. Wow. <laughs> and and it, isn't it amazing that something that worked for hundreds, thousands of years, all of a sudden in the last hundred years we are saying is horrible and is the cause of heart disease, which has really only risen in the last hundred years, right? <laughs> exactly. But here's the other thing that came about um, sugar. The sugar ah, consumption, yes. mm-hmm. really, really, um, you know, e- eggs and butter got a bad name because of the Ansel Keys study. But uh, um, so, okay, so we hydrate, we get yep. clean water, <laughs> pure water, filtered water. Um, yep. I do a sleep analysis. In other words, mm. how is your sleep hygiene? Mm-hmm. If you are not sleeping well, um, your brain doesn't get to do that autophagy, which is a brain cleanse. Yeah. Um, you're not sleeping well, then your body doesn't get to go into parasympathetic mode and mm-hmm. detoxify. Mm-hmm. Uh, parasympathetic is where we rest and digest and repair. Um, I do, uh, again, with the oils, but then I try to educate the consumer on the, qual- the, the benefits of a quality grass-fed butter. Yes, God gave us cows. I know we love cows, but they're meant to eat grass from May to September. The milk we draw off of those cows that we turn, and I don't want to drink milk. I'm not asking anybody to drink milk. That's another thing. Get off the milk. (laughs) But, but that milk, once it's fermented and turned into butter or cheese or yogurt is loaded with vitamins A, Mm -hmm. D, E, and K. We only get those vitamins from butter from cows that have been eating grass. And those vitamins are so important for both gut health and brain health brain and health. bone health mm. and bone mm. health. Okay. So that's why, you know, we've, we are so fortunate to be in the Dallas Fort Worth area where we've got so many fabulous grocery stores mm-hmm. because now you can see grass fed milk, grass fed butter, pastured grass fed mm-hmm. items. I'm a big proponent of grass-fed beef, grass-fed lamb, mm-hmm. um, organic chickens we can get at farmer's market. Um, I'm a big believer in organ meats. Uh-huh. You know, that is something I have not gone that direction yet. I am dying to try some liver because I know that my body, my brain would thank me for it, <laughs> but yes. I haven't headed down that path yet. You know, um, there are, you know, you can, uh, you can get desiccated liver capsules from grass fed beef if you need to uptake that way. But you can, you know, pate, chicken liver. I make my own chicken liver pate. I, I get the organic mm-hmm. livers from one of the farmers. Um, I went to a farmer's market in McKinney, I think it was, and I got mm-hmm. some. Um, you can slip it into meatloaf that way. <laughs> you ah, know, you can. Yeah. Uh, Diane Sanfilippo with her practical paleo book has mm-hmm. a uh, superfood meatloaf. And she, oh. it's beef and all these other, but she slips in chicken livers. You grind it up and cook it and add all the great flavors. You don't know you're eating it. Your kids will never know they're eating it. Yeah. But Oregon, you know, uh, when a lion takes down an antelope in the savannah of Africa, it doesn't eat the thigh. Right. <laughs> it doesn't eat the breast. It uh-huh. goes straight for the liver. Because the liver is nutrient dense. It goes straight for the kidneys and then the brain. It doesn't. You know, and so here we are eating chicken breasts and thighs that are really very low in protein. And they're not that good. I mean, chicken breasts oh. now when we have, a, like, and we have them very rarely because I'm so hooked on grass-fed beef right now. But when I do have it, it's like, oh, it's dry. It's flavor. You have to Boring. put on a lot of seasonings. I mean, that's why people fry their chicken because 
that's the only way to make it flavorful, right? If you get an organic chicken, you know, you roast it with the skin on and the skin, the cartilage, the bones, mm. and then I make bone broth. So hydrate, good oils, good butters, um, gut health. I get my mm -hmm. clients on a great probiotic, depending yeah. on what their body needs. We want to be moving our bowels, good yeah. sleep hygiene and movement. Uh, Pearl Mutter, so darling, he says there is one piece of equipment that won't cost you very much, yep. um, but it will guarantee to improve your brain cognition. And everyone's like, what, what, what? Running shoes. Yeah. <laughs> he says, go out and get a pair of running shoes and walk, move, yeah. dance. Um, that will support healthy brain activity. Mm -hmm. um, detoxify your home, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the dryer sheets. Get rid of the pesticides. I love Branch Basics, the gals from, uh, from yes. Austin and Houston that created that company. Their story is remarkable. Yeah. Um, so that's what I use as my cleaning products. Um, <laughs> my skincare products, of course, I use Beauty Counter, mm -hmm. um, have for right. about yeah. four years now. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm still a little laundry detergent. I use seventh generation right now just because... Mm -hmm. I get the best results. I know that Branch Basics makes the laundry. Several companies are making clean. Yeah. And yeah. it's because we're speaking up as consumers. Absolutely. It's because we're getting mm -hmm. information and we know and we can we can be advocates and support those kinds of companies. Um, hormones. Uh, I have all my female um, and male. I don't, I don't have as many male clients. I actually have a couple of um, wives of men with Alzheimer's and um but we get our hormones tested and I make yeah. a suggestion if, if they're, if you're just flatlined with any of your hormones, um, I say, let's get this corrected. Mm -hmm. Um, check the mouth, check the dental situation mm. because the mercury in your mouth, if you've got a lot of amalgams can settle in your body, uh, lead will settle in your bones. And then, you know, it's so controversial, but I haven't had a flu shot in 20 years. Yeah. I don't want, uh, I don't want the metals, the mercury, the thermosol, the, uh, the, the, the aluminum, because it just, it passes the blood brain barrier. Yeah. That's, that's where and, I and the, and the effectiveness really doesn't outweigh the risks for me. And, and my kids, both my boys had the flu over Christmas and we yeah. treated it with, I mean, we did garlic eardrops for the one that got an ear infection. We did homeopathy. We did elderberry yes. syrup. Yes. You know, we took our vitamin D and, and they were fine. My oldest yes. son, he's six. He was playing basketball day five, you know? Um, and, and I, it, it is controversial. Um, but as of right now, and I know in our state, we still have a choice. <laughs> and um, we still Thank get you, to Father. choose. We yes. still get to choose what medical decisions are made for our children. And you know, my my kids' immune systems work really great right now, and they can fight back these childhood illnesses and viruses pretty well. Um, I remember when I was a kid. Gosh, I got scarlet fever. I got walking pneumonia, and I was an asthmatic kid. I mean, I had a lot mm. of a lot of my mm. issues are rooted in poor gut health starting out. You know, mm -hmm. um, and and. Mm -hmm who knows what else, um, lots of allergies, all of that. Um, but yeah, and, and I got a lot of things and it, it's, it's okay to have viruses here and there and, you know, sure well, there are complications in some people and, but if we're doing all of those things that you're mentioning, um, our bodies are going to be stronger and are going to be able to fight back the way that we were designed to. So sure. And you know, I tell people it's not the flu season. It's not the cold season. It's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Absolutely. and Valentine's. It's the Stress sugar and season. Sugar. Yeah. Uh -huh. Stress and sugar. 
And uh, sugar, consumption of sugar will suppress your immune system by, you know, for two hours or for four hours. And so letting your kid, you know, suffer through with a little bit of a head cold, a little bit of a fever is teaching the body Mm -hmm. how to fight back strongly. So you use, you know, we use uh, lukewarm baths and peppermint oil on the back to bring down fevers. And like you said, garlic oil or garlic soup or um, there's just so many wonderful things out there that, that, and we're impatient. It's like, oh no, I can't, my kid can't be sick because I have to be at work tomorrow. Well, you know what? Yeah. Stay home. Let the kid ride it out. And and that's another thing for all of us. I think too, I was thinking about lately because I've got a little cough that came on and I was going to go work out yesterday and I thought, no, I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to sit and breathe because when mammals get sick or get injured or, you know, whatever, they know to go hide in a corner and rest till they get better. And not saying that we're mammals. I mean, we are considered mammals, right? And like, not saying that we're animals, like we are definitely more complex in a lot of ways, but we don't know how to stop. (laughs) We don't know how to slow down. Exactly. And like, we've got to be better at listening to our bodies. And if I feel something coming on and I'm pushing, 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 that could be more detrimental to my health in the long term. And you're you're staying in sympathetic mode, which is fight or flight, stress or stew parasympathetic remember is rest digest and repair Mm -hmm. and the other thing for mental health for brain cognition for um with a dementia type situation we do move into a sort of a ketogenic and this might be a whole other conversation a ketogenic type diet and we employ intermittent fasting yeah. Yeah. Let, because, let, let's talk about that for a few minutes. I mean, we've, we've got time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I have time. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to hear about that because there's a lot of misconceptions about keto and, you know, it, it's just a diet that pe- and, uh, people are using it for a diet, but there are some therapeutic health benefits oh, for to sure. it. So why don't you so explain it was, that? It was popular in um, the 40s, 50s kind of time frame because it was the one diet that could reduce seizures in epileptic children and adults. So somehow the doctors and researchers made this correlation. Again, remember the brain is fat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we can't, if there's something misfiring in the brain, if we support the brain with really good fats, they reduced the seizures. Well, then comes pharmaceutical, you know, as chemistry and science is promoted, they started coming out with epileptic drugs. So the ketogenic diet sort of fell out of um, mainstream uh, therapy and it has resurfaced. It resurfaced, um, I think primarily in the cancer prevention recovery arena because cancer uh, cells love glucose and have Mm. more receptors for glucose and course, if you've got cancer and you're going undergoing chemotherapy and you're losing weight and you're going through cachexia, the doctors are like, no, eat cheeseburgers and milkshakes. Just keep eating. Well, they're eating sugar. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. feeding the cancer. So ketogenic is very appropriate. Uh, if you, if you really dig deep and listen to, um, you know, the truth about cancer, there was three different annual series on that and all the top top researchers, Dr. Nasha Winters. I mean, there's so many of them that are fabulous um, about cancer is you want to, you want to get away from the glucose and switch to a ketogenic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now for just losing weight with women, it's a little trickier because Mm -hmm. of our hormones. We have wonky hormones and And 
sometimes based on our age, if you're still cycling, if you still have, you know, you're at home with children and you have stress, you don't want to push your adrenals. We still need carbs, but we need the right carbs. And that's the big, that's the big catch. When I say, you know, I say carbs, the first thing that comes to mind usually is a donut or pizza or pasta, Mm -hmm. but you know, Mm -hmm. vegetables are carbs, Yeah, but our, but our bodies utilize them in totally different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So ketogenic is very appropriate also for brain health. Again, if we're thinking Alzheimer's is type three diabetes, then let's reduce our carb intake, get our glucose levels down and normalized. um, And we do that through a ketogenic um, and Dr. Bredesen calls it keto flex. Mm, I like that keto flex. So he's not hardcore. Um, in other words, you're just not pounding down butter all day long, but it's basically a reduction of processed carbs, Mm -hmm. um, and really elimination of some grains, legumes. We stay with the green leafy cruciferous Mm -hmm. vegetables, Mm -hmm. um, sustainable quality meats, Mm-hmm. Fish at le- fish at least twice a week, mm-hmm. and if you could eat sardines, it's the perfect food. It's I've so got to get on the sardine train. Yeah, yeah, I need, I need yeah. To start. I, yeah. I grew up eating sardines on saltine crackers, but I, so I don't do the crackers anymore. But I'll make a sardine salad, like you make a tuna salad. Mm. I'll do the same thing, but using sardines. Um, oh. Real high in omega threes, real high in DHA, a lot of calcium because of the little flexible bones that you don't really taste or taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, um, and then we employ the intermittent fasting. So we want for you to eat your, di- your dinner and then at least three to four hours before you go to bed. Okay. So yeah. your body has had a chance to really go through digestion. Now you're into rest that kicks on autophagy. Yep. And autophagy means self eating. Mm-hmm. So your brain is cleansing uh, mm-hmm. all the debris, then you wake up and you can have a hot tea or a coffee. That's not going to break your fast, um, water. And then maybe not eat until 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12. It depends on if you're wanting to do a, you know, 14, six, all these different mm-hmm. ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found in the last two years of intermittent fasting that I'm just not hungry till 10, 30 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. And I make that my big meal, usually, like a, mm-hmm. what I, Mark Sisson says is big-ass salad. Excuse me, uh-huh. I said that word on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but my salad has at least 9 to 12 vegetables in it. Yeah. Oh, oh. And, and a protein and a fat. You mm-hmm. know, so I've got, I've got chicken in there or flank steak in there or salmon in there. I've got avocado in there. I've covered it in olive oil. Yum, I've yeah. got radishes. Uh, celery, cucumbers, you know, leftover Brussels sprouts, um, mm-hmm. arugula, cabbage, you know, let's, let's just get mm-hmm. it all in. And, you know, the phytonutrients that we get from the vegetable world are just so valuable. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's good. And I think, you know, that's a good, simple way for y- your first meal of the day doesn't have to be a pop tart, you know, it doesn't have to be oatmeal, it can be last night's dinner, you know, on exactly. Repeat. exactly. And that's so hard for people to understand. But 
I, I feel so much better when I start my day with a fat and a protein. Um, and if I do exactly. have a grain, if I do have something that's carb heavy, I like it at night because it makes me sleepy. <laughs> so so we've, rather discovered, have it later. we've discovered that if you start the day with a fat or a protein, then you are becoming a fat burner, not a sugar burner, mm. and you have sustained energy. Adding the carbs in later in the afternoon is a smart way to employ yeah. those carbs. Quick story, my daughter, when she graduated from college, moved to Chicago. She was able to walk to, to work, and she went by Starbucks every day. And she was getting her skinny latte mm -hmm. with a muffin. Yeah. And she put on about five, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, five to 15 pounds, mm -hmm. even though she was walking. And I said, I said, please get a whole milk latte, mm -hmm. full fat. Yeah. And, and a hard boiled egg or a cup of yogurt pounds dropped like that. So interesting. And mm -hmm. it's like, I think so much of the time, and I, I guess we're going to have to finish up, but I think one thing to note is that I don't like promoting weight loss just for the sake of weight loss. But exactly. I like, I like seeing weight gain as a symptom that something's out of balance. And when yes. you get your body back in balance like that, and when you're eating things that really do fuel you and are firing you up and giving you the nutrients you need and helping you to have sustained brain health and blah, 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 all of those things that we've been talking about, weight loss can be a side effect. And so I love your approach. I love everything that you're sharing and I could go on and on and I have so many more questions. We could probably but... talk all day. <laughs> This could be like, yeah, this could go on forever, but uh, I will ask you one last question. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone towards wholeness, what would it be? Cause I know you've got a lot and I'm, I'm oh, springing gosh. this on you. I didn't give you a heads yeah, up on this question because yeah. you have so much knowledge, but what, how, what would be the one thing? Love yourself, you know, just, just love yourself um, you know, my rock and my anchor is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, um, the Bible is given to us as a, a manual for life. Mm -hmm. Um, get in the word, um, be more mindful. I even teach my clients how to drink water mindfully, how to eat mindfully, how to chew mindfully. Yeah. So it's kind of, it, you sort of have to be your own advocate and analyze how you do things. Um, then I think, and, and then take a baby step. If all we're doing is adding water, drink water consistently, you know, and then next month you can try liver or Brussels sprouts or something. Yeah. You know? yeah I like that. And, and yeah. little small things to try. And that's been the, so true steps. for my health journey as well is it started with little tiny things. Um, and so now let me also, yeah. let me also real say is that your body is always in survival mode. It always wants to protect you. So mm. if you're ingesting um, Captain Crunch or anything, all those colors and all that mm -hmm. food that has all the artificial stuff in it, your body goes, oh, what do I do with that? Oh, I'm going to put it in a pocket of fat to protect mm. her. I'm going to store mm. it. It's yes. stored. All that stuff gets stored. So when the body yes. um, is ready to release and it trusts you, you're giving it good food, good nutrients, good sleep. Maybe we're doing some saunas. Then the body says, oh, she's got me. She's got my back. I can release. That's so good. Yep. And all of a sudden, and the, so that's why rapid weight loss isn't great because you feel bad. You're right. giving up all that. So I think you're right. I don't, I don't take on clients for weight loss. 
I take on clients for wholeness and health. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And that's why you are like my, what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> so I, like everything, you have so much knowledge and so much wisdom and I appreciate everything that you've shared. Um, yeah. And how can people find, reach you? What's your website? How can they find out more about you or hit yes, you up for a consultation? Um, my, uh, it's www.redeemingwellness.com as in redeem, get back mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jesus redeemed us, mm-hmm. uh, redeemingwellness.com. I'm Leslie at redeemingwellness.com. And I also run an online program now called feast to fast, mm-hmm. which is a faith based, um, metabolic reset four weeks long that teaches you how to go from being a fat burner from a sugar burner to a fat burner. Oh, I love it. In, yeah, metabolic flexibility with intermittent fasting. And our next round will be starting um, over Lent. But you oh, can find that. Awesome. Yeah, you can find that on my website too. But yeah, right. and I'm I'm in the I'm in the Bluffview area. I have a home office, and I always offer a complimentary consultation, thirty minute. Awesome. If you want to meet me in my home or meet me at, at a tea shop or somewhere, we can talk or on the phone. All right. Well, thank you, Leslie, so much. Um, I appreciate everything that you shared. Thank you for joining us today. Erin, this has been a blow. We're going to have to do it again. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.